This is our panel for PAX Online 2020. And it's time for us to get messy and rank some Dragon Age companions. We only have an hour to do this in and so many companions, so we're not going to spend too long on introductions. I, of course, am Eric Van Allen, one of the co-hosts of Normandy FM, alongside Kenneth Shepard down there. Ken, how are you doing today? Just a peak sign. That's it. That's all. That's how you feel. Fans of Normandy FM will know Josh Silverman, of course. He was on our most recent episode with uh, covering Sarah, actually. Yes, yes. Good times. I'm looking forward to some hot takes about that. And of course, also here for some hot takes, Natalie, the solace, the egg lover, is here. <laughs> oh, please don't shame me. I feel like Cersei walking down King's Landing and just being shamed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. And rounding it out is future Normandy FM guest and uh, currently just here to help us have an awesome panel. Ash Parrish, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. Folks, just to give you a rundown of how the panel is going to work, we have five tiers. If you're familiar with fighting games or other things, tier related things will be understandable to you. We have used clever little Dragon Age names to tell you about where these tiers are and how much love we give in them. At the bottom, we have the Deep Roads. Nobody wants to go to the Deep Roads. Deep Roads are a bad place. That's where the bad companions go. Right above it, the Fade. Hey, it's fun to hang out in the Fade sometimes not do really long side quests that take up like three hours in them that's where <laughs> eh, go <laughs> we have the hinterlands get out of the hinterlands get what you need in the hinterlands and get out of the hinterlands <laughs> above that we have the winter palace the ones that are always fun to hang out with and at the top we have skyhold the staples the best and that is how we're going to sort out our companions and i think we should probably go chronologically to start or i guess would y'all rather just start with who we've got here on this tier list and just kind of work left to right talking about the various characters and companions of dragon age hmm. I, yeah i think i honestly think I, any method will work fine for me so there's merit to chronological honestly there but, is. Uh, i think so i don't mind going left to right i guess that makes the most sense Mm -hmm. I mean, we started with like one of the best already. So hey, (laughs) well, we could start it off with Alistair, who is your 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 right hand man, potential king, potential lover of Morrigan. If you choose to do certain things in Dragon Age Origins, (laughs) how are we feeling about Alistair on this pod podcast on this panel? (laughs) He should be in Skyhold. He's my sarcastic best friend. Like he's Skyhold. Boy. Like for a white boy, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say a lot. <laughs> we have so many feelings on the white boys here, but as far as they go, he's one of the good ones. I have no complaint. Is that a unanimous skyhold out of the gate already? Ken, do we have any opposition to a skyhold for Alistair? Not for me. I think it's like he's one of the best examples of the way the Dragon Age can really send a character on multiple journeys and be able to like kind of compensate for each possible variation mm-hmm. of him. I agree. Yeah, he died in line and that was really shocking. Easy, easy. We're already on to Alistair up in Skyhold. We will not be ordering these tiers unless we somehow end up with magical amounts of time at the end that will allow us to do so. Uh moving forward, 
I mean, do we really want to talk about Anders this early on the panel? <laughs> do we want to come back? Oh, to no, we're not. We Let's gotta, come back to Anders, please. Yeah, we'll we need to come back to Anders. He has to be. I need at least like I need like 10 to 20 minutes into this to really decide because, yeah, I need to know how much time I have for Anders. All right. All right. But I well, have lots of feelings on him. So. Let's talk mm-hmm. Aveline then. How do we feel about Aveline? For me, I think Aveline is a solid Winter Palace character. I agree. I love Aveline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love her, but definitely Winter Palace level. She's not perfect, but she's a good, solid character. Good interactions. Definitely. I mean, I was on your episode about her. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, the yeah. only reason why she's not in Skyhold is because you can't romance her. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. there. We go, Bioware. If you wanted this character higher, you got to let her be romanceable. Otherwise, <laughs> Aveline heads to the Winter Palace. Also, her. I was there companion quest, the stuff with her getting married and stuff. I just, I love that. So. It's super sweet. It's, it's very nice. so awkward. It she's so awkward. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> How are we feeling about Bethany? Mm. She's the better of the siblings. Yeah, she's <laughs> the better of them. I don't have much personality in my life. I was there. The yeah. only. Uh, come back to Anders a slightly. The only benefit to Anders in Dragon Age Two is keeping her alive, but that's still not. No, that's still not high on my list. So I fade her personally. Wow, a fade Ooh, already. Ooh. Actually, I, I don't entirely disagree with that. Like again, I don't. It's she has merit. She's a good character. I was very sad in my first playthrough of Dragon Age 2 when unfortunate things happened. But I also don't think about her as a character very often outside of that. You played a mage? Uh, no, no, no. I played uh, a rogue. So that's how I get Bethany. Because okay. mm. you mentioned I think that you I, didn't really think of her. Like I put as a mage, and she like factors very little in like my Dragon Age sort of canon. Right. She, I played know. mostly rogues and warriors in Dragon Age too, so okay. I only had mm. one or two playthroughs that I dealt with Carver. So I've more. Oh, you're so lucky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think for me, on. Bethany oh. is is either Hinterlands or Fade. I can see either one of those. Yeah, my struggle is is with both her and Carver is that neither of them are actually really in their game because the game always seems to find a way to make sure that they're not around, regardless of decisions you make. Yeah, you're not really. Um, They're act one. That's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say the fade. All right, I can agree with fade. All right, we got to set a bar somewhere, and <laughs> Bethany is the bar for the fade. Uh, she's inoffensive, but it's like, mm, okay. Yeah. She, she's, she's inoffensive, really but barely that. around. Yeah. Well, let's keep the sibling train going. How do we feel about Carver? Because I want to throw this dude in the deep road. Bethany is fade, then Carver is deep road. Objectively. Yeah. Man, Carver is not not as good of a sibling. <laughs> He's fucking oh. so <laughs> Let's do let's do a fun one here. How do we feel about the Mabari Warhound from Dragon Age Origins? Mark Spawn. Skyhold. The goodest of good boys. I would... Yeah. I'll, I'll accept it. To heaven. Duh. I can't argue with that. That's too good of a reasoning. I it's, mean, also talking to Dog at every opportunity, 
leading to conversations with all the other companions, like interacting is, are delightful in origin. So. Mm-hmm. They were much better than with Carver. <laughs> Carver had like actual dialogue. So <laughs> I would rather talk to the Mabari Warhound than talk to Carver. That is an accurate statement. <laughs> um, I'm kind of feeling this chronological thing that we've got going here. So what do you say we talk about? Oh, let's talk about Den. Den is an interesting character. Um, well, he's he's theoretically interesting because up until Iron Bowl, this is like the only Canary companion we have. I know, and that's why he sucks. Sten like, is oh, interesting because true sten is interesting because it introduced us to the canary i liked sten in dragon age origins i did not like sten after dragon age origins when we met more canary like mm-hmm. the Arashok and stuff like that yeah. but from dragon age 2 onward i also literally there's random enemies you kill in two called sten that mm-hmm. still to this day confuse me if i was killing the actual sten but uh but yeah no um hindrelands yeah, I, I, oh, that's high. For being the origin, for being the origin, which one? The fade from me, probably. But I don't dislike him. I just he was one of those characters that's sort of a non-factor for me. His love of baked goods and the fact that he was the first Kunari we met makes me go hinterlands personally. I think I the red red mind him as an actual character. Like his whole arc and everything that he was doing in Origins. I'm playing through Origins right now, so it's more recent in my mind. But there's, you know, despite the fact that, you know, he doesn't, he's very prickly. He doesn't want to talk to you. But like over the course of the game, he kind of opens up more and you get to know more a bit about Canari culture. And plus the little bit about the fact that he is as stubborn as he is, but he like loves paintings and baked goods. I think that merits higher than the fade, at least. He, he's Hinterlands. He's Hinterlands here. I'll go with Hinterlands. Yeah, I think what I'm coming around to is that, is that I don't feel passionately negatively about him enough yeah, to fight for him to be any lower than that. So, mm. All right. Exactly. Sten sets a baseline. for the, We now have a baseline for every tier already. We're <laughs> only 10 minutes into this panel, but we've already got a pretty good baseline for each of these tiers. So... Let's talk about Shale, who is a character that for me, I I didn't click with Shale. I didn't. I don't know. I I, I think Shale. Shale was in my party a couple times, and I, no. I just didn't didn't do anything for me. Shale is I love Shale because Shale one is a versatile character. You can gear mm. her to pretty much play any role, but then she's just sarcastic and. Mm. I, I don't know. I, 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 one thing for me with Dragon Age, I love my sarcastic characters. So I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I like Shale and then I like the story and I like uh, uh, for the most part. And then I like uh, the inclusion, particularly when you take her throughout like the Deep Roads quests mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, a non-factor for me, like with Eric, a lot of characters in Origins were non-factors. That's <laughs> very fair. Um, very fair. It, it was either in Origins, it was very much either they're a non-factor or I absolutely adore them. Um, mm. So I that's guess, fair. Yeah, yeah. I would say like hinterlands or yeah, I would say maybe hinterlands for me personally. But I can totally see Winter Palace. Like I, I liked her character in, um, and I believe she shows up in Asunder, the novel. Yes. Uh, Yes, and I liked her a lot there. She she's good in Asunder. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm okay with either one. Hmm. I would put her in vigilance personally. Winter Palace is just too high for me. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Hinterlands or Fate for me. But if we have enough passion for it, I could see a Hinterlands. Uh, I personally would go Winter Palace, but it seems like we're going to end up averaging out to the Hinterlands. So I'm fine with that. (laughs) I mean, we are. (laughs) This is a tier list by committee. This is what happens. Um, I'll be making my own angry tier list as soon as this is over. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's get really spicy. Let's talk about Liliana. Liliana. I love Liliana. I have romance for more playthroughs than anyone. So do we when we do this, because Liliana shows up in two games, do we average her out over the course of these two games? Or are we talking about like just origins? Because we've been talking about origins characters so far. Like how do you want to how do you want to evaluate her? I want to evaluate her as a whole. I think yeah, the most sensible we have a few characters that split games like Varric and Anders. So I think it makes the most sense. might be asking because like was she also sort of a non-factor for you in Origins, but she really stepped up for you in Inquisition or something like that? Because that was the case for me. I didn't really care about her in Origins, but uh with Inquisition I feel like she really showcases the amount of growth that these characters can have, especially if Dragon Age decides to focus on its characters more than its world, which it should do a lot more often as Kenneth has written about yeah what a concept. Um, <laughs> and I especially love the growth that women like her and Morgan have experienced mm. in this series so. well okay mm. an interesting question we can do is we can evaluate them kind of separately like within the same conversation like where do you put Origins Liliana versus Inquisition Liliana because Origins Liliana for me is in the hinterlands mm. Inquisition or uh, Liliana is Winter Palace same yeah exactly the same here mm. But I think in in that sense, like we got to look at it from where the characters are at in Dragon Age. And also, if I'm trying to average those characters together, Inquisition Liliana wins out for me because I think without Origins, the growth there would not have been as noticeable and I wouldn't have cared as much about the character. Exactly right. Like her growth is right. compelling because of the character that we know in Origins and how radically different she becomes. Right. So analyzing this character under just like the universe as a whole and the present day, right before Dragon Age, or not right before Dragon Age Four, I wish, but before, yeah, right. <laughs> before <laughs> Dragon Age, pre Dragon Age Four era, just analyzing the character as a whole, I would put her in Winter Palace personally. If right. uh, my, uh, my Winter Palace is where she would want to be, let's think about can, that. <laughs> that is <fair. laughs> uh, my trouble with Liliana is that I feel like a lot of she is one of the more like one of the biggest examples of how I guess contrived uh, Dragon Age can get. Like, if it wants a character in something, they will absolutely undo what what players have done to get them there like Liliana can die in Origins they can cock some way for her to still be alive um, so she can be into so she can be in Inquisition because mm-hmm. they want to have her in that role um, and for that for that reason like I don't I, I guess like I have an association with one of my biggest issues with the franchise that is specifically tied to the way they handled her so that makes me lean more towards Hinterlands um, because ultimately she like was a non-factor for me in Origins but she, I did go to love her in Inquisition but um not that, to clarify, I did not murder Liliana. I was going to say, this, like 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 <laughs> no, this is no, a confession. No. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, that's, yeah, that's just kind of where I sit with her. For me, I mean, I think... 
So it's it's hard for me to factor in when I think about Liliana because Liliana in, was one of my favorite characters, but now we're 11 years on and I can see how she was just not she, like a lot of the characters origins were not, but like particularly the female characters were just like the, in a lot of cases they weren't written strong. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. So I don't want to like put my foot in my mouth, but she was just not she as wants- great. And what's up? Like with much nuance or yeah, there that's it's more nuanced and developed. Like again, we're talking about Liliana and Inquisition is just there's more depth to her. A lot of the characters' origins are very can be one note, is what I felt like, and I feel like she was one note, very mm-hmm. one note in origins. Yeah. She had one shtick, and Inquisition they gave her a lot more uh, to work with. But she was my favorite character originally when I first played through the game, and I really love her development in Inquisition. So for me personally, it's Winter Palace. I think I think Winter Palace sounds like yeah. it. If if anyone has, All right. has objections, speak now. Otherwise, I said my piece already. All right, we want to talk about characters that span the games. The one that just came up was Morrigan. Do we want to talk about Morrigan right now? Yeah, we. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Morgan's a skyhold for me. I think yeah. Morgan's a, a top tier for me. For me. She has one line that still makes me cry all these years later, which is uh, when she reunites with, or she doesn't really reunite, but when she sees Flemeth in Inquisition, and mm-hmm. she tells her, do whatever you wish, take over my body now if you must, but Kieran will be free of your clutches. And that line that says, I am many things, but I will not be the mother you were to me. Mm. still gets me so much still gets me i i personally a big sucker for women who become mothers or women who are start off stories as mothers um but in general i just think she's also exemplary of what dragon age can achieve when it cares a lot about its characters more so than the world and it puts her development at the forefront i think she's grown so much and i think her growth is compelling and extremely um interesting to watch unfold in inquisition without sacrificing the sarcastic like sort of sometimes bitch character in origins that she is that she has always like her own agenda she always has something you know she's very independent but that isn't mutually exclusive with like the motherhood that you know the the way that motherhood is involved in her role in inquisition and just i i just think she's so wonderful i i love her and i want to put her in skyhold i really love morgan <laughs> i mean i was just gonna say claudia black is one of my favorite actors who she's plays morgan her yeah. voice like that alone but morgan is more or less the character of dragon age like it's the character mm. everyone knows of Dragon Age. It's, I feel like for the most part of me, I think it's the character associated with and I agree with what Natalie said. So it's for me, it's just Skyhold. I didn't even use Morgan that much in Origins, and I still mm. <laughs> just love the character. Used her all the time. What's that? The, does anyone remember exactly that line about men that she has in Origins? It, it's gone viral so many times. I feel like she is so many people's, especially women's first introductions to Dragon Age, especially Origins. Because I know that I saw that, like, just sat on Tumblr one day or something. I was like, oh, I want to play that game. She she's, <laughs> she hit some points. She made some points. <laughs> I have a few quotes I found related to men, so I'm not honestly sure which one it is. And that makes her even more iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if she has more than one, like, come on now. Uh, yeah, is that there is good. opposition to Sky holding Morgan? Okay, so I don't 
I would not personally put her in Skyhold for me. I her her she kind of grates on me. The I liked her in Origins a lot. She was a great character in Origins a lot. I was not particularly fond of what you have to do in Origins with her, with Alistair, especially if you're a female mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, that's a little problematic for me. But mm-hmm. um, because you, basically you have to convince Alistair to do it. And it's definitely not something that he wants to do. And it, it's the choice of death or violate his boundaries. And whatever ends up happening, you, you know, you violate his boundaries. But, you know, whatever. I can get past that, I guess. The other point of contention I have with her is that she has a lot of conflict with Vivienne. And Vivienne is my absolute favorite <laughs> character in this mm. whole thing. And that kind of also rubs me the wrong way, which is why I would, you know, tend to put her in the Winter Palace versus Skyhold. But I understand that she is kind of like that iconic character. And, you know, the bitch can dress. Like, she <laughs> dress that she wears in, in Inquisition is, like, on mm. points. Like, all right. Yep. Have that. So... Yep. That's that's I, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold you to to put her in the Winter Palace. I understand that I am overruled here, but that's just my feelings. I was going to say I found uh, the quote, I think, by the way, it's a uh, men are always willing to believe two things about a woman. One, yeah. that she is weak and two, that she finds him attractive. Yeah. No, nope. yep, that's that. <laughs> all that. Can any opposition here or is it not is it Skyhold? For Morgan, all right. I I think Morgan's the skyhold then by majority. Um, We're going chronological, right? I want to talk about Vivian already since Ash brought her up. <laughs> well, let's talk about some less exciting characters first, like Win. Who hears like jazz to talk about Win? <laughs> I like Win because she was team mom. <laughs> had very much needed a mom in origin. Like you mm-hmm. needed a mom in origin. Mm-hmm. That definitely fulfilled that role. But at the same time, like I'm not particularly crazy about her. I would stick her in probably the fade, honestly. She's kind of a bitch too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very She's judgy. a bit of a stuck up character. Very yeah. ju- yep. Very judgy. I liked, I liked her, her though. I, I liked her sass. I liked her in Asunder. Um the way mm-hmm. that she died was pretty touching. Um I forgot about but that. But I'm not particularly super attached to her, just like I am not with most origin characters in general. So. I didn't like her because she was like really judgy of whoever I romance in that mm. game, which is like. <laughs> but that, that, she was looking out for you. She I like, like that. Not, you know, honestly, that person was looking out from the place of, of looking out for you exactly. instead of just being yeah. like. Oh well, you're fucking Zavran. Like, what? I mean, honestly, like the only the only person there that you could be romancing that she would like maybe has less reason to be judgy of is Alice. For the rest of them, uh, they're very chaotic. Like, there's some concern to be had there. I think. Yeah. I'm being like, what the fuck are you fucking Zavran? And I'm like, ah, oh, he's the he's only, the only one I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how are we? Are I have heard the fade put forth. Do we have any desire to put win higher than the fade? Not really. No. She's fine there. I could argue for Hinterlands, but I think Fade is fine. I yeah. Don't want, I don't want to argue for it. So. All right. When could, into the Fade have, you I don't go. have the motivation. That's the thing. Is like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I could argue for it. I don't want to put the effort in. Ergo, that's clear that she yeah. doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. If the character is compelling enough for you, you will want to make that exactly. effort. Exactly. Well, well, then how do we feel about Zevrin? 
Hinterlands. I don't even have something to say. I don't even. He's the lowest part of the hinterlands for me. Like he just barely eeks his way in there. I'm just an odd fucker, so I I have like a mandate to. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah, (laughs) every single game that is my agenda. So he, yes, it is. So like. He was my only option, really. Like, I never considered anyone else, but I was like, oh, this is like having, I don't know, like a McDonald's, like, burger when I could, you know, go Literally. somewhere else really nice. And so, mm. I, but I could go yeah. to McDonald's every now and then. Like, I like the fries there. Love the chicken nuggets. So hinterlands for me. I, I'm not even arguing at this point. I'm good. <laughs> like, that's perfect. is McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> We're elf lovers. Okay. That's I, I would put him deep. McDonald's more than Burger King, though, because I have shit taste. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't eat fast food. <laughs> These are gray areas here in Dragon Age. So, in conclusion, I put him for Lens. Yeah, it's fine by me. Okay. Big. Hinterlands. How do we feel about Ogren? 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 I'm always put it different ways. Who gives a shit? Deep road. Exactly. But I think he's funny though. I, think I do. But the merit that he's funny, he should be saved from the deep roads and just put in the fade. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Uh. Like when there's there's a charm to them, but you can only take them in like a dose. Yeah. It, the dose is that I do Orzammar, the last of the main quests, and then never put him in my party. And all I engage with him. <laughs> I did one playthrough where I made it a thing where I just wanted him the whole playthrough through. And prior to that playthrough, I, I would have probably put him in Hinterlands. After that playthrough, I would not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the so, time that you spent with him, it was just. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's enjoyable. There's even some charm and stuff to his character at times. But I. Yeah, no. Uh, a fade. Josh is Less the actual God, no. <laughs> you spent the most time with him, I bet, with us combined. So <laughs> we trust him on his judgment. Oh, no. Well, let's start knocking through the uh, the also ran of the Dragon Age companions, a.k.a. Awakenings characters. Uh, how do we feel about... God, we had to look this up. Sigurn. Sigrun. No, Sigrun, uh, I knew. I knew that one fr- from memory. The other one we had to look up. Yes. <laughs> Can't tell you why I knew that from memory, but... Uh, the the lovable Legion of the Dead dwarf <laughs> loves killing Darkspawn. I don't remember any other personality traits of this character. <laughs> I remember the way I couldn't tell you anything so I have no opinion characters. on them. Yeah, I wow. liked Sigrun in the sense that I was excited to have a Legion of the Dead character on my team because I liked mm-hmm. it was one of the dwarven things that I enjoyed about Origin that we really get to see a lot of. It's a very brief part, you know, of Orzammar. So I liked having the character, but um, as opposed to the rest of the Awakening things, as I said uh, before we started, I like Awakening for the most part more than Origins itself, but I can't tell you one thing that happened in that entire expansion <laughs> thing from memory. So I don't know why necessarily. I just know that anytime I think about it, I'm like, I like it. So Sigrun for me is, um, I think, one of the better of the Awakening characters. Which isn't a high bar. No. So the Fade? The Fade. I, 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 let's just go with Faye just to move on. 
Yeah. Only because the deep roads <laughs> is really reserved for characters that we're going to be throwing way down. So, yeah. so on to that character. <laughs> oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, first, let, let's talk about Valana. The that's other the, no, that's what I meant. Also ran. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so Valana was kind of interesting to start what with her being this kind of resistance character who was fighting against the Darkspawn and the wardens and all that and then her plot line just kind of gets lost in everything and i don't even remember really how it resolves or what importance her character had other than just kind of hating everyone and everything which is a personality i guess but i don't know it's Not i don't remember much one. about Milana. yeah Am I misremembering that she have like a sister that died or something she, like that? She has a sister a, that's working with the architect, I believe. Yeah. Right. Yes. Who I almost called Which for a fifth just now. Yeah. <laughs> to show you what? the impact Awakening had on <laughs> I like the architect. That's what actually I think part of what I like about Awakening is that Darkspawn storyline. But again, I don't remember it. So now, if we can romance anywhere. the architect, now we're talking. All right. I, exactly. The only thing I remember about the architect is all the fan art that came out about Corypheus and the architect. That's yes. awesome. Oh, <laughs> oh, valid. Yeah, that is a pairing. This is a new internet hole I did not know existed. <laughs> that I know what I will be doing after this panel ends. <laughs> so what? Um, the last thing I'm going to say on Valana is the simple fact is when we first pulled up this list and looked through all the pictures of the characters. I had no idea who the hell I could not remember. Like I was staring yeah. and we had to, it was the character we had to like look up the name for. So forget them in the fade. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're yeah. poetic. They're not truly uh, terrible. Not even dislikable enough to be thrust into the deep roads. <laughs> yep. Um, Nathaniel Howe. How do we feel about Nathaniel? Um, I think Nathaniel Howe kind of sucks because when he shows up in Dragon Age 2 and you save him, he's just like, hey, thanks for saving me, but all my friends died, so I'm going to be really moody about that and leave. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Bye, character that I didn't remember from Awakening. That was not a very fun reunion compared to all the other ones in Dragon Age 2. So I am very happy throwing Nathaniel Howe down into the fade. Yeah, my first. Yeah, I was say go with the fame. My my first playthrough of Dragon Age Origins was uh, Human Noble, so the hows were like obviously Persona Grata. Exactly. So uh, I enjoyed his semi redemption in Awakening, but he's fade. Yeah, Mm. I'd say it's interesting because the fade is turning out. I feel like the worst category because it's like you're not memorable enough to hate. But <laughs> I mean, like, but we need there. a tear for the people we yeah. really. Okay. I need an Anders tear, but we won't get into that later. <laughs> and Nathaniel Howe goes into the forgettable fade tier. Uh, I guess at this point we can move on to Dragon Age Two. It looks like, and we can start by talking about a character that was also in Origins and in Dragon Age Two. We can talk about Isabella. How are we feeling about our favorite pirate gal? Winter Palace. Winter Palace. Winter Palace. Personal list, I might put her as high as Skyhold, but Isabella is Winter Palace. Mm-hmm. I want to put her Skyhold purely because of her friendship, banter, rivalry with Aveline mm-hmm. uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing, mixed yeah. with my love of her well, as a character. 
I feel like she was really mean. Oh no, no, Aveline oh. was really mean to her. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I called her like all kinds of mean things. She she would slut shame her a lot. Oh yeah, but by the end, that's the thing is by the end it turned they, into yeah. a rivalry friendship thing. Like again, yeah. we're talking about a story that spans seven years. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they start off absolutely hating each other and insulting each other, seeing some truly reprehensible stuff to each other. But th- it turns into like almost not missing good but pet yeah. names almost yeah, yeah there's definitely a sense of camaraderie there by the but, end they're two women who understand each other i right. think like both are very sort of atypical women mm-hmm. in society yeah. and i think they're yeah. able to sort of relate to each other through that and see that they're both on very opposite ends of the spectrum but they have that in common uh, i love isabella right. she's funny she's wonderful she has a, a gold heart i love a woman of color who like has uh, you know her sexuality and like you know just like emphasizes it and also discusses like agency and sexuality mm-hmm. um i she's I open. adore her i love it mm-hmm. also uh, i'm a sucker mm-hmm. for pirates <laughs> ken what about you you had something to, to add uh, I was going to say, specifically on the Aveline thing, in a game that is full of companions that are just, like, toxic and awful to like, have around each other, it is refreshing to see that by the end there was at least, you know, one of those rivalries yeah. that they set that does end at least in, like, a better place where they're tolerable to have around each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also That's... like that she's as questionable as I think the execution was, of it was in some places. I like that she's a character that has her own agency beyond what Hawk wants, and... As so if she does mm. not feel compelled to stay, she doesn't have to, and she will, you know, make things harder for you in the process if she has to. Yep, she's one of the few characters I feel like who just truly in the whole entire series that just does their own thing. Even if you try to push right. for something, yeah, you can min max the game to make things work, but really, if you just follow the story naturally, like some I've had playthroughs where we were the best of friends, and she just went and did her own thing, and I was like. Well, mm. fuck you, but I mean, good you, good for you. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times it feels like a betrayal because you like mm-hmm. her so much. Like, if you didn't care about that mm-hmm. character, it, you'd be like, okay, well, fine. Like, I don't know, do whatever yeah. you want. But uh, so many people just, when they think about Isabella and they think about Dragon Age 2, they, there is a sense of betrayal even if she comes back. Like, it shows right. how great of a character she is, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Isabella, Winter Palace here. There we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Keeping a Dragon Age 2, but not getting into that just yet. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? We skipped an Awakening character. We did? did we? Yeah, we, we skipped Justice. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no. How do we feel we about him? Good old justice. We don't put him in the fade where he belongs. In the fade, we didn't even remember him. Belong in the fade. He's happy in the fade. That's where he's. That's where he belongs. All right, easy enough. Lucky that we're not pitting him directly with Anders because that would be the deep (laughs) roads for some of us. That's fair. How do we feel about Sebastian in here? Deep roads. Deep roads. I think Sebastian's. Hold on, on. you got me. Like, okay, okay, okay. Kenneth's okay. Kind of dying to talk about Sebastian. Talk about a dude who doesn't have any reason to actually be there when his companion quests don't even involve him. Like, the whole mm-hmm. thing, okay, the first one he has in Act 1, he's not even there for. You just do a thing yep. for him, and then you come back and let him know that it's done. And, it's, and then the third one in Act 3, he's there and he witnesses you talking to Liliana about stuff. Nothing really to do with him. Homeboy is like there. 
as set dressing. He is a prop in his own story. Even like okay, granted, he has like follow, like following the actual story that he has throughout the game. He does have that decent moment at the end where he does like give you that ultimatum, which is mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, you know, it, it fits his character. Like the thing, it kind of like sets his priorities in in a single flash and. But that ultimatum is why I think he sucks because he's just like <laughs> this character who just shows up because he's yelling at his church mom because he wants to go kill people and God says he can't. <laughs> and then he's like, why don't you kill them for me? And you do it. And then you do that a couple more times. And then at the very end, he's really mad at Anders and he's like, OK, well, I'm going to raise an entire city if you don't murder Anders right now. And I'm like, dude, you are just you're the, the worst. worst person like yeah he would be terrible <laughs> at parties like somebody would spill a drink and he'd be like i'm gonna raise this city to the ground if you don't kick that person out of this party like i don't want sebastian around at all um that's my i think he's deep roads for me i don't oh, like yeah. sebastian Not even I'm good with deep roads. he's awful i like his eyes that's the nicest thing i can say about <laughs> him like like no, have, he's a terrible fucking do you have any sebastian defense in here no no, none. Sorry, Sebastian. Rhodes, he goes. Literally, I like archers. Rhodes. That's the only thing I can nice. Say he is ones. an example of Bioware doing a DLC, a DLC character terribly. Like on one mm. hand, you mm-hmm. have Sumi from Mass Effect, and then on the other end, you have mm. Sebastian. And Zaid's more like near Sebastian, but like not quite, in my opinion. But that's another. <laughs> But Zaid's fun to imitate, especially when you're on a podcast. He's at least fun. There's nothing fun about Sebastian. (laughs) Nothing at all, especially if you romance him. Like, holy crap. Is that a romance? I've romanced him. No, I did not romance him. Let's get this clear. No. I've done it once. (laughs) If you do, do, it's really bad. Like, you have to have, like, a chase marriage and something. Like, what's Mm. what's, what's Mm -hmm. the fun in that? Like, you are the worst stick in the mud. I was... Deep roads. He's the antithesis of Bioware companions. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we understood what this was. Um, Well, let's talk about a good character then. Let's talk about Fenris. Let's Mm. talk about who I I think, just from generally knowing people in this hall, is a strong Skyhold contender. I I can see Natalie on webcam right now just (laughs) reacting. Time about. The elf fucker has logged on. The elf fucker. <laughs> what did we did we put an age rating on this panel again? <laughs> it's a. They knew what they were getting into. Okay. Did, well, let's talk about Fenris. <laughs> well, what I mean, I was on the Normandy FM Fenris episode, mm. so like, or like the quest where mm. you like culminate the romance and that he breaks up with you and it's so tragic and so beautiful i'm an elf fucker i love tragic sad boys i think he's gorgeous um mm-hmm. his sword big just like his dick big dick. yeah yeah anyway sky hold sky hold y'all i if if we can get into my full fun response check out the normandy fm episode but that's my piece anyone has ever wondered why we've had Nat on the podcast so many times, we, we no longer need explanation. We just played that clip back. <laughs> that clip is, mm. you know, that. Also, Gideon Emery? Mm-hmm. His, his voice. I'm so, but I was predetermined to not like Fenris because I don't 
which is I typically like the sad boy character, which is weird because I love the movie like The Crow and he's, he's literally like the crow in Dragon Age is kind of his damn character. Oh. But um, it's very reminiscent. But like I over my first playthrough, very angrily at myself, started liking him. And I almost I've accidentally almost romanced him many times because I've just gone along those dialogue trees and I'm like, no, wait, nope, nope. I don't I, <laughs> nope, I want this person on this playthrough. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> So, so how do you really uh, feel about him? Like over the years, have you felt more positively on him or do you I, feel like he's still not? I want more of his story. I want to read stuff <laughs> about him. I want more stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with the idea of going to Tevinter since Dragon Age Origins and he's a Tevinter based character. So like I want more of him. Um, in bare minimum, Winter Palace, I could argue for Skyhold. I, Did I you read uh, Blue Wraith? <laughs> I have all the comics uh, list waiting. Yeah, I have them, but I haven't read them. But I know that he's there. I, I do remember that people didn't really like the changes made to his character. Yeah. So I'm super interested to know what you think. Um, mm. But we could talk about it once we yeah. both read. Yeah, right now, I'm reading to Vinter Nights. So Vinter Nights. Mm. Me and Kenneth read that. Yep. He will be probably <laughs> mentioning it. Fenris for me. Um, I'm also like a bit, I'm big on like the sad boy tragic romance. Uh, I was it was in 2011. I've kind of cooled on him just because I don't really care for like the kind of abusive undertone of the mm. romance, especially in the rivalry side. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's a good story. I don't know if it's one that I like to experience anymore. Um, but I think in terms of like how well it is written and how well it is executed, um, I'm willing to put him on Skyhold. I'm willing to put him in Skyhold. He's one of those characters that grew on me after Dragon Age 2. Like, the fandom did yeah. a lot to rehabilitate him in my eyes because yes. I really wasn't particularly yeah. good on Fenris playing Dragon right. Age 2. I don't like any of the choices. Like, he was the least bad romance option, honestly, for me. Yeah. But, um, the fandom did a lot to rehabilitate him for me. So, there's so yeah. much beauty and nuance. Like, I think the writing is there for that nuance to be found, but the ways in which the fandom has really explored his character and just unearthed all the nuance in him and all of his complexities, I think is like a really good example of yeah. when the Dragon Age fandom can be good. Um, <laughs> what it can be bad is when they're saying that Anders isn't a terrorist because he heals yes. people and likes cats, but we're going to get into that. In Anders is literally in every single discussion of every character. You can't talk <laughs> Dragon Age without talking about Anders. Before we talk about Anders, we should probably <laughs> talk about Meryl. Uh, Meryl's pretty high up there for me, and I'm probably, I think I'm the outlier here on that. I like her character a lot because I think she provides an interesting contrast to the mage stories we usually get. Like mm -hmm. usually mage stories are all like, I'm thinking about doing blood magic or not doing blood magic. How, how should I do or not do the blood magic? I think her story was interesting just because it shows the actual struggles that a mage has with pride and power and what they want to achieve and kind of wrestling with whether it's something that you're achieving for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. And also kind of, I think what becomes a greater struggle in Inquisition and hopefully for, which is an elven character who has to decide between whether they feel ties to Dalish culture or to like the modern city elves and the alienage and stuff like that. I think you can see kind of the starting points of that in Meryl. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's also kind of a flawed character in some ways, especially when you go into her, um, not even her rivalry romance, but her friendship romance 
is really unsettling. Um, it's very much like I'm going to enable all the bad things that you do and tell you that you're perfect, even when you're things that are causing everyone pain and harm. Uh, yeah. So I, I think Meryl for me is probably personally a skyhold, but I see more of a winter palace in this discussion, but I don't know how y'all feel. Winter palace is putting it high for me. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, went, yeah, I, I overshot it. <laughs> I would winter palace her, but I think she honest, I will for personal reasons, winter palace. Cause I much like Fenris did not like the character grew on me over playthroughs kind of thing. But there are a lot of flaws with the character and a lot of flaws. Uh, some of the you know, stuff you mentioned, Eric, about how like the romance and stuff is written and things like that and the enabling aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hinterlands is where I would put her because I really like her, but she's problematic. That is the entirety of Dragon Age 2. Like, I like True. them. I like them, but they're problematic. <laughs> Those problematic vibes, I love them. No, but I mean... For her, I would also put her in Hinterlands. I think she is an interesting character in concept more next than in execution. So I really like the idea True. of this, especially this female character that is doing something that is considered morally apprehensible or like reprehensible. But she also has a very naive and innocent personality. Like she is the type of woman that is stereotyped as delicate and like dainty and sort of even incapable of doing the things that she does. Um, I also think, like you said, she's a really interesting sort of mage and exploration Mm -hmm. of blood magic. Uh, In execution, though, I think she... I don't think she's sort of like like you said she is problematic in a lot of ways and I think I think we could have avoided those in like an alternate world where the writing didn't delve into those problematic sort of tropes but in sort of the concepts um I do like her and uh yeah so I would put her in the hinterland I would say yeah, yeah. Ash it looks like you want to put Meryl uh, lower yeah. than the hinterlands <laughs> Yeah, she's good with the hinterlands for me. Like she was one of those non-entities. Like mm. uh, as much as I hate Anders, he was the better mage. Mm. Yeah. Oh, this Anders talk is going to mm. get spicy. Oh, All right, no, no, I, I will. I will cede the high ground. This is not the character that I want to die on a hill for. So, um, Meryl. Kenneth, what are your opinions on Meryl? Uh, I have nothing more to do. You guys pretty much hit where I'm at. Like, <laughs> okay. A lot of good ex- good ideas weird execution on a lot of fronts that yeah dragon age 2 <laughs> dragon age 2 yeah not i think a lot of what we've done with these dragon age 2 characters it really sums up our feelings about dragon age 2 like mm. every they're great but they're actually really problematic which i think yeah. is the point so mm-hmm. no. yeah yeah as someone like who considers dragon age 2 their favorite of the dragon age games <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Every Dragon Age 2 defender will be the quickest person to say Dragon Age 2 was flawed. Oh, at yeah. least, like, in my experience. Like, as someone who loves Dragon Age 2, like, I feel like Dragon Age 2 defenders will be quick to admit, like, it's a flawed game, but I love it in spite of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. How do we feel about Varric? I mean, Varric. do we want to talk Varric now or want to talk Varric in Inquisition? Uh, I mean, we just, let's just talk Varric over... We can talk, talk him now and just talk him overall. Yeah. Just overall. If I think Varric in 2 is not high. Oh. 
Yeah, I I think Varrican too does not stand out to me, uh, and he really becomes more of a character in Inquisition when he has mm-hmm. kind of more beats that are about him. And I think the stuff they do with his ties to Red Lyrium and his brother and stuff are very interesting in Inquisition. Whereas in two, it's like you get kind of brief moments of him as a character, but he mostly just serves like a narrative storytelling purpose more than a companion purpose right. in two. Yeah, and we, had, um, we talked about it on the show that uh, because Varric can't leave, like he always has to be there at the end to be telling the story, it feels like he does not evolve much through two at all because like he literally is not mm-hmm. allowed to. Um, mm, right yeah. at the Inquisition, there like once he's given kind of like the freedom to do something after what is going on, um, he is able to like more, you know, naturally, um, you know, evolve into something that is more than just the person that's being interrogated in this, so and yeah the hawk state by cassandra yeah. i have time checked us and we have less time than i thought so ash any reason why you would want to put Varric? like what tier would you put Varric in i would put him in skyhold in skyhold mm-hmm. all the way up in skyhold all the way up, all the way up there I mean, the weird thing is that even in spite of my feelings about Varric as a character, I still think he's like extremely critical to Dragon Age as a whole. So I could see it. Um, you guys put Winter Palace. How, how do the rest of us feel? Ken, how are you feeling about about Varric? I'm Winter Palace, but could be persuaded to Skyhold. Nat? Winter Palace is a stretch for me, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, really? I would say Winter Palace or Hinterlands for me, yeah. Do we, how do we feel about Winter Palace for, for Varric? I'll take it. <laughs> Where would you put him, Josh? I was about to say, I don't want to drag us on because we're, we're low on time. So. Yeah, we got we to gotta talk about some Inquisition characters. Uh, and right. we also need to talk about Anders. Let's talk about Anders. Um, <sighs> deep so roads. <laughs> is that really where we're land Anders is difficult because I hate him. He is my most hated character, but I think he's a good character. Like, I think he's a well-written, compelling mm-hmm. character. Absolutely. Like, the fact that we have been inching towards talking about him since the beginning of this panel, I think, displays that pretty clearly. But I think, I think he's just he's an essential character to this universe. Like he shapes it utterly, whether you like him or love him. Um, I fucking hate him. So, uh, mm. I thought I stopped him at the end of dragon age two and I didn't feel bad about it. But the, the fact that Anders starts more or less as awakenings answer to Alistair, he is an Alice. He's an Alistair clone. He's the sarcastic best, best friend character pretty much, which is how I preferred him. And then in two, he's obviously a completely and utterly different character almost, uh, for, for, but the thing is at first I was angry about that in two. Cause I liked the, clone of Alistair thing but then I was like oh this is not like them just being like hey we just want to write him differently it actually made sense with the story with mm. him bonding with Justice who's essentially a spirit of vengeance at that point and stuff like that you know kind of thing so like Anders I think is one of the better written characters in the entire series but I also would just chop his head off at the first <laughs> opportunity so, I have a lot of issues with the way that the fandom treats him. I yes. think, um, like, oh, yeah. like for me, like if if Andrews was not white, we would not be discussing even now in 2020 whether he's a terrorist. 
Like he mm. would just be, and we would be talking about the nuances behind that. But even still in 2020, there are still predominantly white people being like, oh, well, he healed people and he likes cats. So like, oh, my cat boy, like, oh, he's not a terrorist. Oh, he's a terrorist. He's a terrorist. <laughs> he, the moment he was, I don't think he was right. The moment that he decided to blow up the Chantry and kill innocent people, as fucked up as a Chantry is, you fucked up the mage activist yeah. cause for the rest mm. of us. Yep. And mm. I don't vibe with that. That's part mm. of why I killed him. Like, cool, um, murder, cool motive, but still murder the character. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, cool, I get mm. why you did it, but you're still a terrorist. You the, still blew it up. The thing for me that always gets me about Anders at the end is the way that they suddenly pivot his character at the very end to suddenly be about, like, oh, well, maybe justice has been compelling him too much. And they kind of try to make it like a mental health thing at the end. And that feels like a very bad, sudden pivot to make at the 11th hour and then hand you a knife and be like, so do you want to stab him now or what? And I like, that's kind of why I don't like Anders overall is because I felt like he was not as focused mm-hmm. of a thought as he needed to be. And he ended up kind of serving two purposes of telling that story and being that kind of move forward for the mage thing, but then also needing to serve like a narrative purpose of, uh, well, you need somebody to be mad at at the end of the game and to cause things to actually implode. Uh, and I think that's where that friction meets, but do we have a tier? Do we have tiers in mind well, for Anders? So my trouble is, Keep. I don't, I don't agree with that. But my trouble is, like, I think there, there's more nuance to it. But like, I, I agree with a lot of like the motivation behind a lot of the an- things Anders does. My trouble is the rivalry path and the way that you can make him at the yeah. very end of this game turn on his heel and kill Major. Oh, yeah. Like that is a like a a system that they have in place in terms of like how the game works. Uh, really getting sort of um, really really interfering with a story in the way that has larger connotations than the system of friendship and rivalry that they have in place, um, and undermines it in a way that I don't think is really salvageable. Even if that is not necessarily that's never a route that I've had to go, but just knowing that it exists um, undermines him for me a lot. I don't. I wouldn't put him. I wouldn't put him in the deep rest, but I wouldn't put him higher than the fade. Fade. Ken Tier. Fade. Natalie. Fade. Fade. Deep roads, but okay, I'm outruled here. Deep roads. I'm deep I'm roads. Ash. No. Deep roads. Goes to deep roads. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> on a personal level, deep roads in terms of writing hinterlands, but he's not forgettable enough to put in the fade. So just deep roads him. Yeah. Let's keep this train going. Lightning round on Cole. What do we think of Cole here? Hinterland. Great and hunt asunder. Otherwise, no. Uh, hinterland. Yes. Hinterland. Great and asunder, which not everyone or most people will read. All right. So hinterlands. hinterlands. How do we feel about Blackwall? Hinterlands. We're all over the I place. I see the difference, just so you know. Hinterlands. Hinterlands. Josh, how do you feel about Blackwall? Don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fade, where I am. Fader the Hinterlands for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let's let's keep it going. Colin, how do we feel about Colin? Ooh, but I will I will acquiesce to Winter Palace because I understand he's extremely problematic if you are a mage. Mm. I am a mage in every single game. For me, he's the fate. Oh. Uh, you are going to have to fight. 
we we hate each other's favorite white boy. <laughs> I think we should find solidarity in that, Ash. Yeah. I yeah, I would put him in the fade, but I respect Ash predominantly, especially in this opinion. I understand what it's like to love a problematic white boy in Dragon Age, so <laughs> it's a curse. It's such a fucking curse. We're gonna okay. be rebel- especially when you're not white. You're like, why the fuck am I doing this? But I mean, so. I'm okay with the hinterlands. Ken, Josh, how are you feeling? Uh, um, I like Colin enough. I like some of his storylines, like the addiction storyline stuff with like uh, the Templar stuff. But uh, I probably would put him in hinterlands personally. Okay. So, so tell me about Colin. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to talk about why do you love a problematic white boy? Why this one and not the other one? So. If we want to talk about arcs and growth. Like mm. where you find him like cowering in like fear in the chantry circle from what he grows and becomes like the, in the the amount of abuse this guy has taken. Come on now. On top of battling addiction on top of that. So all of his friends die in the circle. You save his life. Uh, and then in Dragon Age 2, he has to work with what's her face? Uh, Meredith. Meredith. He has to work under Meredith and do things he probably really didn't want to do. But, you know, went along with it. He has this warped, fucked up idea of mages because of what he went through in the Chantry Circle. Oh, and getting up to the point where you meet him in Inquisition, where he's struggling with his addiction and he's struggling with how he feels with mages. And depending on, you know, who you are, I think it's a a, a worse romance if you are a mage because it's extremely problematic there. But I think Mm. a mage inquisitor really brings him around from, you know, we can't treat mages like people because they're not people to you know what that was kind of fucked up of me i don't think he actually says that was kind of fucked up of me which would which would do much further for his character but i think if we're talking about characters in terms of growth like he has one of the better bigger growth arcs of all the characters in the series Mm. and really cute so there's that (laughs) it doesn't hurt i think you're winning i I see Mm -hmm. i i have been won over i think winter (laughs) palace for me (laughs) We want to no. go Winter Palace. I could go. I could go for Winter. Okay, I could I'll agree. Winter. And we acknowledge that it, he is Skyhold in Ash's heart forever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do we feel about Cassandra? Skyhold. Uh, Cassandra. Oh, Winter Palace. For me personally, but Winter Palace. If I'm being democratic about this yeah Skyhold or Winter Palace is the lowest I'm willing to go. I love Cassandra Winter Palace. I adore her. She is one of my absolute favorite characters. Ken, how are you feeling down there? Um, Skyhold on her forever. <laughs> I think I really Skyhold on her. She's such a cool representation of what that game is about when you talk about faith mm-hmm. concepts and stuff like yep. that. Mm-hmm. I, I, wa- I want to see her in the Winter Palace. I will I will acquiesce to the desire to move her lower and, and leave her in the Winter Palace, but she will remain up there. Let's talk about Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl is a solid skyhold for me, and it's not for any like pure emotional companion reasons or anything. Iron Bowl is just a great character all around. I like having that character around at all. I'm happier when Iron Bowl is on my screen. I don't know about y'all. He was kind of a non-factor for me. Wow. He's he's a great character. He's well acted. His story arc is almost perfect. Like you in every sense and he's a great like actual mechanical character to have like in every sense that he is a character he is damn near perfection he should be in skyhold he always died for me like i feel like he hated me i don't know but 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and it has nothing to do with his character. I just presented him over time because I was like, "Why the fuck are you still dying?" So, <laughs> but uh, for me, I would put him in hinterlands. But I got white people like him. Uh, for me, Frey Prince Jr. made me question my sexuality. The only man who made me question my sexuality when I was a teenager, and I've shut him for, because of it. But uh, and just Iron Bull, a good Kunari character, and I like Kunari's as an idea and a concept and stuff. So Winter Palace is for me. Ken, what about you? I'm, I'm Winter Palace. I I agree with everything you said, but I also don't like his and Dorian's relationship. If you're not romance in either. Has mm-hmm. you don't like the tones that I'm not guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. he never gets a chance over here. But uh, there's like weird undertones <laughs> yeah. like for others. Possible alcoholism that gets uh, back oh, in. Okay. That I'm not huge on, and like Iron Bull maybe taking advantage. But um, that's hmm. not ri- my reality. I don't have to see that. I just have to know that other people saw it in their other playthroughs. But um, so that puts him at Winter Palace for me. Winter Palace seems like a a good one if we have enough detractors that want to pull it down. What about Josie? I I gotta be honest, I think I'm a hinterlands for Josie. She, Ooh. especially on my second playthrough, I'm just kind of hitting a point where I'm like, she's a fun character, but she's not moving the bar for me at all. Like, I'm not particularly seeking out her quests or wanting to do her stuff as much. She's like the tally. Like, she's, she is, like, to, to me, she feels like the same character that Tali was in, in Mass Effect. Maybe mm-hmm. not as critical because she's not actually in your party, but she she feels like that same kind of character. I would have put her at least in the Winter Palace. That might be it for me, is that she's not a party member, so I don't feel that attachment that way. Because I think most of the advisors in Inquisition yeah. are not as attached to. No, yeah, same. Uh, I'll put her in Winter Palace, though, for me. I, I love Josie. I could go Hinterlands or Winter Palace. I don't have a strong enough opinion. I like her enough, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I like her, but meh. Kenneth, you're gonna be I'm, the I'm Winter Palace tiebreaker. Your Winter Palace. All right, that's yeah. that's good enough. I I I can see it. Sarah, how are we feeling about Sarah? Maybe a little bit contentious uh, in here about Sarah. I like Sarah a lot. I think. I'm enjoying her character a lot more the second time around. Uh, just the mm. way that she is like this rebel who hates everything and, and all the nobles and stuff like that. I'm really vibing with all of that. But um, I know she has been a contentious character in the past. Do we have any? She's the only character that I have not befriended across all my Inquisition playthroughs. Um, so I would put her in the deep road through the fade i honestly don't i don't like her at all i i'm bothered by her narrative about internalized racism um i think it's compelling and but i don't know if it was executed in a way that i personally find compelling Mm. so i didn't really like it um just like the whole like i'm not like other elves kind of thing really bothers me Mm. uh at one point she says like I don't like complicated even though I do think she is a complicated character ironically which I don't know I feel like the writing for her was kind of all over the place I I, yeah. I feel like the most complicated people in real life don't like complicated people and st- or at least state that loudly so but mm-hmm. I, I really like Sarah but I think she actually falls into the Dragon Age 2 issue of I like her but she's a complicated character or mm-hmm. it, not She's problematic is actually the word I was looking for there. Right. So um, I personally might put her in Winter Palace, but I think Hinterlands. Hinterlands. From Hinterlands. Hinterlands. 
Yeah. All right. That's I would have liked her a lot as a character in an alternate world. Mm. Dorian. Let's talk about Dorian. Sky Hulk. Sky Is there any question? No. He's beautiful in perfection and loves the character. Ken loves this one. He kind of is, though. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of is. Not even exaggerating. No, not even. Vivienne, how we feel about Vivienne in here? You should be in Skyhold. She makes me deeply uncomfortable. Skyhold. What was that, Ken? She makes me deeply uncomfortable uncomfortable to talk to in like a way that no Dragon Age character has ever done. Which I think you know, there's an argument to be made that she is like exceptionally well written because of that. But I uncomfortable in what way? Just a lot. I I play mage characters in all these games, and um, you know, the, the game sets this narrative of like you know, mages need to break out of circle and. You got this character who, you know, from the mage perspective is like saying, oh, but this is why we should still be um, set up in the way that we used to be. And the grant is like, she doesn't necessarily describe everything that is currently in the circle. Um, but it's like, it's just like a weirdly, deeply uncomfortable thing to like be a mage character, listening to a mage character say these things like going against all this that, you know, various characters over the series have been working against and trying to bring about change. Um, it's like we never drive. Like by the time by the time we get to Skyhold, she can't stand me, and I always get her up. Like it's not like a crisis point because she never leaves, but like I always get the thing where she moves my furniture around just to see how I react, and I'm like, <laughs> she's so good. She's I think so she's good. like really well written for that reason, though, because she yeah, provides right. this viewpoint that you haven't had up until this point of like, what if the circle could be better but does not need to be broken like what can the circle provide and also like what can a mage do to fix the circle that the templars are never able to do um like she she made me rethink a lot of my positions going from da2 into inquisition and reconsider like how i felt about the circle and about the mage rebellion and stuff and i think that's already really interesting as a character i'm the opposite of ken where I was a circle mage. I have been a mage throughout all the games, and I love Vivian, and I agree with a lot of her positions in the sense that I feel like there is a version of the future that should have the circles, but something like reforms, like that they are better. Like, I do think the circles are necessary as mm-hmm. a circle mage in Origins. I think she's someone who... First of all, she she really makes you reconsider your positions. Like uh, she makes me want to fight for mages, but in a different way. And I think that's so powerful in a character to do, especially considering that I had been a mage and am a mage this entire time. Um, I think she is ambitious. She that's one of her defining characters traits, and I adore that in a female character. She's learned how to survive the game. She knows what it's like to be oppressed, and I think that's where a lot of her ideas come from. Not from a place of like wanting to oppress others, but of knowing just how things work and being very pragmatic. Um, she knows what it's like to be powerless, and so I think she has good ideas about how to wield power responsibly. Um, I think she's super complex. Uh, she never really shows all her cards, but she's also like she's chilly on the outside but i mean if you if you become friends with her i find her friendship almost as rewarding as dorian's for me um i just really loved being her best friend uh i think she uh she makes some just like really interesting points that 
I wish we had more time to go over in detail, but I adore Vivian. I don't think she's the worst Divine Victoria at all. And uh, she is one of my absolute favorite characters in the series. So for me, she's Skyhold. She's Skyhold. Like, you, you have to think about what Natalie said about the fact that she's pragmatic. Like, mages are walking bombs. We the the one thing that I get upset about with the fandom so much is that they really like to equate this whole mage rights thing with you know contemporary civil rights and you know yeah that tracks but we can't really do that because you know black people and people of color in real life are not walking around like walking bombs mages are so we have to it doesn't apply because you know you want to apply it like oh yeah they should be free and they should be able to do whatever they want and yes I agree with that to a degree but they also are not inherently dangerous. Like, like race is a biological thing, yeah. but magic is, and the potential to do blood magic and ruin other people's livelihoods is. Well, so I think that argument, like I, I, I'm so glad you touched on it because I, w- I wanted to make sure we touched on it. Like that argument just falls immediately apart when you take into account that race isn't biological, but magic is. Like these people have a biological propensity in them to have magical powers. Like race is not something that like does it makes us inherently more dangerous or something Mm. right so there has to be something in place to make sure that these mages maybe not as bad as they've been in like kirkwall circle or the circle tower but uh to make sure that they are in control all the times and can be controlled if something should you know bad happen and and it's not been going the best way you know so far but she because you know she is a mage she is the best one that can potentially say like yeah, I agree that we should it, we should be better treated than what we are, but we all can't just be running around all over the place because, you know, there are those malefactors that can, you know, blow shit up if they get possessed by a demon or decide they want to go blood magic crazy. So that is why, like, she is one of my favorite characters. Plus, the way that she comes in, the way that you're introduced to her, like, she's walking mm. down these steps yeah. with, like, her heels clicking and, like... Mm-hmm. looking as badass as she is like come on who when has your fave ever like she is per- she is almost Never. perfect she is perfection yeah. i truly think she is and i really don't agree when people say that she's absolutely the worst divine victoria i don't think there's a best divine victoria but i don't think she's the worst by absolutely any means i don't even say compared to like soft and lady liliana or hearted liliana just like liliana in general i i think vivian is either my favorite divine victoria or second place Cassandra is the other one, but so we got yeah. two skyholds for Vivian. Josh, how do you feel? Uh, I'm just gonna keep it short. Like Vivian was a character that I think had the same kind of a response as Ken, where I was anti-circle mage kind of thing. But for me, um, I decided my first playthrough for some reason because it's how I played RPGs was gonna be a people pleaser person. So I befriended literally everyone, but I don't think I paid attention to anyone. <laughs> And I've, ne- but like, that's essentially the best way I could put it. Like, and that, and I actually literally that turned me into a completely different RPG player because I realized I didn't enjoy the experience as much. So my current playthrough is my one where I'm actually planning to pay attention a bit more. So, hmm. um, so for me, like, I don't even have an opinion, sadly, of Vivian, uh, at all, but I'm totally fine with wherever she goes because just listening to people talk about mm. her. I agree she's a well-written character, but like I I I I want to have her in my party in my next playthrough. 
I think mm. for the basis of how she elevates just the discussion of Mage Templar stuff alone, she is pretty deserving of a skyhold. Like, no, you I think about the that, characters yeah. that move Dragon Age conversation forward, and she's right. pretty up there with another character yep. that we're about to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Vivian. Well, okay. I was just going to say, like, oh. my wrapping thoughts were like the fact that she makes me uncomfortable in the way that she does is like, you know, a testament to the fact that she is as well executed as she is and that she. Mm-hmm you know, taps into areas and discussions in that world that haven't been, like, perspectives that have not been brought up, really. So you want to talk about uncomfortable characters that compel us. <laughs> it's time. Soul- I think after all we've talked about, I kind of want to put Solus in Skyhold. Oh, Solus is Solus in Skyhold for me without a thought. Without a second like, thought, he's Skyhold. I think Solus is, honestly, even if I love to hate him, I do still love to hate him like he is probably the most compelling bioware antagonist i can think of in modern times even more like the air shock's pretty up there but solace and his turn in trespasser and all that is just incredible for me uh natalie is literally trying Before to she explodes <laughs> Let's let her speak. I, everyone else should go first okay this will take a little bit oh. <laughs> and how are you feeling <laughs> Uh, I like, like you said, I think you gotta put it here with your thoughts. You gotta put it here with your thoughts, by the way. Um, because I think Solus is said, you know, probably the best, uh, most compelling, at least at where we're at now. Trespasser, they might totally fuck him up in Dragon Age 4, and then I'll we'll have to redact this, um, or retract this. And, um, I like, I, I was watching, uh, some clips I had saved of Trespasser before we got on this call, and just like that dynamic between him and the Inquisitor if, if say that you are like you know on speaking terms with him because you can have a weird thing in Trespasser where you, like if you're not talking it's a very short um where he's like reached this point of like he didn't even really perceive people as people when he woke up and when like just through like being an Inquisitor he's become more I almost, I almost said more human but that's he's an elf like more of a person and has kind of feels remorse for what he has to do but still that doesn't stop him from feeling like he has to do it because um, he feels like he has to right a wrong that he did to his people. Um, so yeah, as of right now, being September 4th, 2020, before Dragon Age 4 is out, I think Solus is the most compelling villain Bioware has made in the past, I want to mess one about 13 years. So, Josh, how about you? I mean, I think Solus is one of the most compelling, interesting characters. Um, any character, I'm a person who likes to ask questions in games. I like to ask every question. He's a character that literally gives you approval for asking mm-hmm. him more questions. That alone would put him in the Winter Palace for me. But I think he's an incredible character. The turn of who he actually is in the story and then everything with Trespasser. As of right now, yeah, same thing as Ken. As of the recording of this, he is a clear Skyhold character for me without another thought. Ash? I wanted to romance him, but I was playing a human, so I couldn't. And I was very upset about that because that's how he presented himself to me. I always love those intellectual characters. Uh, and he was like the epitome of that, like intellectuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he, if you don't get to romance him, you kind of get a locked out a little bit of that warmth that you would have liked to have seen that you do see if you're a Lavellan. Um mm-hmm. If I were Lavelle and he would be in Skyhold for me, but um, I want to put him under the fucking jail. So, <laughs> 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 but I guess because of 
how he is written and how he is and the way that he heel turns on you the way that he does. Yeah, it is a sky hole for him, but he goes under the jail. Like when I see him <laughs> in PK4, I will put him under <laughs> the jail. Not take it away, I guess. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> Oh, he's faithful. Okay, just too many things for me to really get into them right now. I don't know how much time we have, but I know it's not enough time to. (laughs) So I'm just gonna do a lightning round of some bullet points that I've got like up in here and up on the screen. Just I so solace to me is just. So one thing that I've taught that I've thought a lot about over the years is why do I hate Anders the most? But Solus is literally my favorite character in the series. When a lot of people would argue that both of them are sort of the same kind of character, for me it lies in the complexity behind Solus's writing. I think when we were talking about Anders, I think something that's clear is that he is a more ambitious character than Dragon Age Two allowed. Um, I think Solus is. <laughs> I think Solus is sort of. He has the space to be as complex as he is uh, on a superficial level. I absolutely love Tragic Men. I just, I fucking am trash for, like, Tragic Men. I love sad boys. I love, like, sad plots. Um, and I think, like Ash said, like, that warmth that you get with him, if you are a Lavellan, uh, a female Lavellan, like, I, it really elevates Dragon Age into... It's really interesting just the way that this character functions and how one character can sort of really radically shape the world of Dragon Age for you. And unfortunately, that's not something that happens with most of the characters, especially because Dragon Age is more focused on the world. Anyway, I, okay, I have so many thoughts, but basically I love him. He is Skyhold for me. He is my ultimate like video game love of my life. Um, I, I, he's ugly um, and he's trash. I know these things. I am a Dragon Age 2 defender. I can acknowledge, you know, problematic things when they're in front of me. He ugly. He he's trash. He wants to destroy the world. And he has a lot of problems. But I a lot of problems. But I I really love his complexity and I think he is a character that you can't easily summarize. I don't even know where to start when talking about this character. And for me, characters that are that complex are the most compelling to me, that are Mm -hmm. really messy, that are really tragic as well. Because there is an an undeniable tragic aspect to him. But I think he... I think he feels a lot of guilt. I think he's just such an exciting character to watch unfold on the screen and the way that she that he shapes the universe. And okay, anyway, Skyholds. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we have our ranking. You can see it on the screen below. We have set it all up. We have determined the greatest and the least and the deep rosiest of all the companions. I, I just want to quickly thank my my wonderful panelists here thank you all for for tuning in and helping complete this gargantuan task in the short time we had allotted please go follow all of them on their social medias and all that they're all wonderful people and uh thank you to everyone at home and hopefully we'll have more companions to rank in dragon age 4 even more problematic faves to delve into and really put up on the deep roads or in skyhold but for now that's it for us see y'all later have a good packs
We have watched and waited 